what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hi, this is Alan with the quick announcement about something really exciting going on here at The Mesh over the next couple of months. The Mesh is celebrating its first six months of operation by giving one of its listeners an iPad 2. And the more you listen to The Mesh, the more chances you have to win. Here's what you do. Listen to any episode for any of the shows that we have on our Mesh network that we post between January 1st, 2012 and March 31st, 2012. At some point during those episodes, and that includes the one you're listening to, you will be given a code for the contest. Write the code down, visit the Mesh's website at themesh.tv, and you'll be given instructions on where to enter your code and an email address. You can enter one code per episode with your email address. So if we post 100 episodes between January and March of this year, and you listen to all 100 of them and get 100 codes, that means you'll have 100 entries into our contest, 100 chances to win that iPad. Uh, there will be other information on the Mesh's website about this contest, other rules, regulations, some other uh, legal jargon we got to put in there. That's all on the website at themesh.tv backslash contest. That's where you can enter your codes, and you can also read a little bit more about the contest itself. We really are excited about this contest. We're excited about giving one of our listeners a great prize. And we just want to thank everybody for an incredible first six months of The Mesh. We look forward to providing you with outstanding content for many, many more months to come. Thanks. Hello and welcome to Stepping Up Service. I am Alan Jackson with The Jackson Group. Uh, as always, and joined by Ed Gagnon from Customer Service Solutions. Ed, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Alan? Doing fine. I hope you had a good holiday season and a good start to the new year. Here. It was nice. Lots of travel, but it was all all good travel. That's Seeing good. relatives, family, that sort of thing. That's good. It's a you know travels travels okay if it's all worth it. It's yes. the times that it's not worth it that uh, starts to grind you down a little yeah. bit. But uh, good. I had a good good holiday season as well. But uh, happy to get back to things here in a brand new year. And that does lead us to our topic for this episode of Stepping Up Service, talking about the 2012 trends that we're anticipating in the customer service world for this year. Uh, We've got a brand new year. It's kind of always a good time to do a little reassessment and try to do a little predicting. Everybody likes to predict what's going to happen in this year. And because of some of the topics we've talked about in the last four or five months, some of those are going to continue. It sounds like some, maybe some new trends. And I'm really anxious to hear what your, I guess, predictions are or where you see the industry going. And let's talk a little bit about some of those trends. So let's just jump right into it. Sure. Uh, I know you've got some trends listed out here, some predictions in your crystal ball. What's the first one we have up uh, to talk about? Well, well, the, the first one, uh, you can think of this in terms of social media learns how to play well with others. So hmm. a lot of times when people think about social media and customer service, they think of social media as being out on an island. It, it is there that uh, you, you have customers interacting with you via Facebook, via Twitter, whatever the case might be. And you need to have a strategy to address your customers uh, via social media, kind of like we talked about a couple episodes in the past about social media customer service. But when we say plays well with others, what we mean is you're going to see trends in 2012 where organizations are really trying to intentionally integrate social media customer service with the other methods of customer service. They don't view social media as being that island and then the call center as being another island. And then you Uh, have uh, the email customer service, the face-to-face, the on-site all being different all being separate, they're mm-hmm. going to start viewing social media as part of the bigger system. And yeah, and I, I was going to say, I, I could definitely see 
at least the companies we've come in contact with or the ones I've experienced in my personal life, it does seem like the people managing the traditional customer service are completely isolated from those handling the more online social media world. You feel like you're talking to two different parts of the company altogether. Exactly. And that's from the experience of the customer who actually does interact with the company via the phone sometimes, via social media sometimes, via email sometimes, face-to-face, it can be very frustrating when, when you go to different methods of serving you and, and getting your questions answered, getting your issues resolved, and you're getting different answers. Mm-hmm. Or you're getting different levels of responsiveness or, or, or the attitudes are conveyed differently. It's like you're talking to multiple companies. Yeah. And from the company's perspective, you, you kind of can hope that the customer goes to that method that, that's going to engage them most positively. Uh, but in reality, you don't want to just hope. You want to make sure that there's certain standards set for customer service that are across the organization. There's certain uh, answers. There's certain sources of information and, and issue resolution procedures that are standard across the, inform- the organization so that no matter where that customer goes, they get their need met in the same high-quality, productive manner. So it, would it be fair to say that now, let me just kind of think of a real world example here. If I'm, if I end up calling somebody on a customer service call, I've got a concern, I've got a question, a problem with a product or service, mm-hmm. where I may be mentally thinking to myself, "Man, I really wish I could just be handling this through online. I really wish I could just right. handle this as a Twitter dialogue or email dialogue." But instead, I'm stuck on this phone, having to wait for somebody to pick up. In other words, it's trying to blend it to where maybe letting people know that here are the other options if you'd rather go this route and they're all still integrated in this one system type of thing. Is that kind of what we're talking about here? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely an educational component to it. And the reason why the educational component is so important is that some of these other methods uh, of serving customers beyond the face-to-face or even the telephone are much more cost-effective. Mm. Uh, but but most customers, if they've always called up the 800 number, they're going to think, well, that's the only way I can get my need met. Well, that might be uh, okay if they're getting their need met that way. But calling up a call center is still relatively high cost per transaction from mm. the business's perspective. If you can get them to go to a website, to go to do a live chat through the website or maybe mm-hmm. their social media, uh, sometimes there are some very good and there should be some very good self-service functions, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, that are much lower from a cost per unit perspective if a customer can go in and get their need addressed or there's a live chat online or there's some social media interaction that can occur online where you don't necessarily have to tie up an individual customer service representative for 15, 20 mm-hmm. minutes to get the customer's question answered. So, okay. yeah, heavy educational component uh, that, that focuses on educating your customers on some of these other methods of getting their need met, some of these lower-cost alternatives to get the need met. Those okay. are very important. Interesting. Very neat. All right, so that's a, a, a first trend. What's a, what's another trend you, you're predicting for 2012? Yeah, well, the other is, and we've alluded to it, the second one is customer serve thyself. You've often heard <laughs> physician heal thyself. Well, a lot of companies are going toward customer serve thyself, where okay. uh, we talked about cost-effectiveness. Well, what's more cost-effective in customer service than letting the customer serve themselves. You know, we had talked in a previous episode about a lot of grocery stores that have these self-service aisles and people can check themselves out and and the benefits of doing that from a labor cost perspective. Well, the same thing uh, occurs in, in customer service. And what a lot of organizations have learned and now they're beginning to apply more effectively is that if they have a call center or they have a contact center, they're getting a lot of the same questions over and over and over again. Or when they're rolling out a new product or a new policy or a new service, 
they have information that they need to train their staff on about those new processes and products and services. So they're mm-hmm. creating uh, sometimes very sophisticated knowledge management systems where if I have this question, I can plug it into the system as an employee and here's my response. Or mm-hmm. if uh, a customer calls me up and they have this particular issue, I can start keying in these questions and I get navigated through this decision tree and I can get the answer that's appropriate. Well, all that's wonderful for the company, but a lot of companies are realizing with all this online access access, all this mobile mm-hmm. access that customers now have, how can we configure all this knowledge that we have that we share with customers into a system that customers can access themselves? Okay. So there's a big trend toward trying to provide some of this information, provide some of this knowledge in such a way that the customers can actually serve themselves. Well, it's really the natural progression of everything we're seeing. I mean, mm-hmm. customer service used to be, you know, they didn't have those automated scripts and kind of the wizards to walk that customer service rep through answers to questions. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of it was just how well was that customer service person trained mm-hmm. and hopefully they retained the information they needed. Then they evolved to the automated scripts. It does sound like the next logical step is to turn those automated scripts kind of over to the consumer themselves. Correct. Because you do have people like me, and I'm not afraid to say that I would much rather troubleshoot a problem in the middle of the night mm-hmm. on my computer and not have to talk to anybody if I can help it. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot more out there like me. So I guess that, that does make sense to kind of get to that next step. Right. And, and you talked about in the middle of the night, you're sitting there, you have this idea, this issue. Well, most companies would not prefer to have 24-7 coverage yeah. from a customer service perspective Mm -hmm. and all these different methods that are proliferating out there to serve the customer. It used to just be uh, on the phone and in the storefront and now it's via email and now it's social media and now it's uh, you have all these different types of online applications that can provide customer service. Well, that, that that's, can turn out to be a pretty complex myriad of different ways to deliver customer service. And they don't want to, these companies don't necessarily want to have to have staff there 24-7, 365 days a year to deliver that service. So anything that they can do... Uh, whether it's during off hours or 24 hours a day to enable the customer to get their own answer, to get their own issue resolution mm-hmm. process started it is in the long run going to save money for the organization. And in theory, if the customer prefers self-service anyway, it's going to help with customer retention. Sure. Now, there's there's some downside to this, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. right? I mean, even going back to that grocery store example, I, I refuse to do the self-checkout because it never seems to work right for me. Oh, okay. So I guess there is still some of that... You know, we have to keep in mind that just saying, well, let's automate this and let's turn it loose to the consumer doesn't mean we're hands off. We don't have to worry about it anymore. I mean, it becomes, I will say the online world of people looking for customer service online are much, much, much more critical at times about did this system work? Did it give me the answer I needed? Did I get the resolution than if they were working with a human being over the phone? So I guess there are some trade-offs with that too, we got to keep in mind. Yeah, that's a great point because think about the situation where you're offering multiple methods of customer service. That's fine because there are certain customers who might want method A versus method B versus method C. But let's use your grocery store example. Mm -hmm. Let's let's say we had the the Allen Jackson grocery store. Oh, it would be so nice too. And everything was organized. The milk was not in the back. A lot of a, a cereal, the cereal aisle would be like tripled. Uh, I'm just going to tri- tell you tripled that. Tripled yeah. cereal yep. aisle. Okay, so instead of having gum as you check out, you right. just have boxes of Lucky Charms yes. and Captain Crunch exactly. right at the checkout line. That works perfect. I'm already loving this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and but the management team, you know, at, at the Allen Jackson Grocery Store, decided yes. we we don't want to. Uh, necessarily change the product offering or or how the products are organized in our store because Alan Jackson loves our store, but we need to save money. So what we're going to do is instead of having five different aisles and Alan can walk into his own grocery store and go to any one of five different aisles, 
we are going to have one section for checkout, and it's going to be self-serve checkout. So Alan Jackson has to go through self-serve checkout. Mm-hmm. I don't like Alan Jackson's store all of a sudden. Yes, now, so. Alan Jackson's store now goes uh, – or Alan Jackson now goes to a, a non-Alan Jackson store. <laughs> right. which is uh, weird, but yeah, yeah okay, I'm going with it. <laughs> so, so the idea is that – you don't want to offer some new method of delivering customer service and say, well, we're going to force everybody to go in that direction because it's a low cost. We're going to save mm-hmm. money. Because at that point, I talked just a minute ago about how the organizations want to improve their costs, but they also want to improve customer retention. You don't want to improve your cost to the point that you serve a very low serve at a very low cost per unit to only two customers. Yeah. You want to make sure you're retaining who you have. And I guess that's the whole argument for why so many grocery store and department stores now have a combination. You have the self-service and you have the the normal uh, employee checking you out. So it does give you those options. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you a lot of that is is research. They're trying to figure out what's working, what's not. So uh, I realize, I completely understand, even at the Allen Jackson grocery store, that in the future – Yes, more than likely we are going to be dealing with a lot more self-service, a lot more automation, a lot more technology. Um, I guess me personally, I'm just not ready to jump 100% into that yet. And luckily, most businesses aren't going to force that right, uh, right away either. Yeah. So. Yeah. so they need to have that kind of balance. Now, if you have both the regular grocery store lines and the self-service lines, the, the issue that you can run into is that if you have very different processes, very different systems working those two different customer service delivery methods – then it can actually increase cost, increase complexity, create quality concerns. So that's why, going back to that first item I talked about where social media plays well with others, we're talking about let's have the same processes, Mm. the same standards, the same expectations, no matter how the service is delivered. Okay, great. All right, what's uh, what's another trend? What's another thing you're you're forecasting for this year? Uh, Well, this one you could term what's, what's old is now new again you know what's out is now in and and think Mm. about you know back in the 70s and 80s you know people wore clothes and there were peace signs everywhere and and people talked about things being cool and bell bottoms and Mm. you know the clothes changed in the 80s and the 90s and then 2000s you see the kids wearing the peace sign shirts again a lot of these things are coming back again and and one big trend that has happened uh, over the last 10 years in particular is business process outsourcing, but it really started with call center outsourcing. Okay. And when people really started thinking about, well, what is outsourcing? The, the definition kind of leaned toward this idea of, well, we have these call centers in the U.S., but if we send them to India, we send them to the Philippines, we send them to wherever, our, our cost per call is going to go down. Well, okay. what we're seeing nowadays and what you're going to see more of in 2012 is insourcing. And one definition mm-hmm. of insourcing is they're bringing a lot of these call center functions back. Back inside. Exactly. And, okay. and part of the reason is the original – uh, impetus behind sending those jobs overseas is obviously if you have a cost per hour of a call center representative in India that's much less than what it is in the U.S., the organizations were saying, well, we'll just transfer the calls out to a foreign country, reduce our cost per unit. Sure. But but if you start thinking about how things are, are different nowadays and how they're changing and some of these things that we have just talked about in terms of you have the social media customer service. You have people getting customer service via self-service methods. You have mm-hmm. live chats where you can go to a website, and all of a sudden you're doing instant messaging back and forth with the individual. Well, organizations are starting to look and say, well, maybe 10 years ago in a call center in the U.S., our call center reps were not that well utilized because we might get 100 calls one hour, we might get 30 calls the next hour, and mm-hmm. we can't exactly flex our staff up and down per hour like that. Sure. But today – 
if we can get one call center rep and it's really a contact center rep and, and they're handling calls. But at the same time, they might also have two live chats going on. Mm-hmm. And they're also updating the knowledge base. Uh, so it's, it is that centralizing like you're talking about. We're making social media, online experience, all these other venues kind of centralized at one spot. Right. So yeah. the cost per contact's actually going down because yeah. you can centralize all these different methods of communicating down into one spot. And, and there have even been studies that are starting to indicate that in more advanced uh, countries like the U.S., continents like North America, you're actually going to see call center call volume starting to drop in mm. about two or three years. Okay. And that's because social media, that's because live chat, that's because self-serve are going to take over more and more and more. So that very labor-intensive method of customer service, that, that telephone call, mm-hmm. is become, going to become a smaller percentage of the total customer service contacts. I would also imagine, going back to your first trend as well about the integration of these systems, I would imagine that when you have your call center serving 90-plus percent of your customer service work, it can make more sense to, you know, you do the outsourcing. It's kind of its own entity doing its own tracking, its own systems processing. And very little customer service work was done outside of that call center. Sure. Nowadays, like you're saying, because so much of that other – there's these other components of customer service – Trying to maintain synergy between them probably becomes even harder when part of it is outsourced. Yes. So in other words, that whole complication you said about these systems not being coordinated and together becomes an even larger challenge when you're dealing with one of those pieces being an outsourced resource. Exactly. Uh, Because we all know outsourcing is great sometimes if you don't have your own resources internally to do it. But there is always a gap you've got to overcome, a communication gap, a coordination gap, a, a, a technology gap. And that becomes accentuated when you've now got systems going on over here stateside that are handling online, social media, all this. And then you've got this other outsource group doing call center and, and more of that voice work. I can see that being a real challenge. And it's probably getting to the point where they're seeing – it might become more beneficial to go ahead and bring it back inside. Exactly. And and there's so much focus nowadays on the customer experience. And you want the customer experience to be a very consistent, very high level, very responsive, very personalized experience, regardless of how the customer interacts with you. So you don't have to say, well, our customer experience is great via email. (laughs) It's so-so via social media. It's terrible via the phone. And so therefore, you, you have a very inconsistent experience. You have a very... Uh, a strong possibility that you have dissatisfied customers based on where they're actually experiencing mm-hmm. the organization. You want more consistency about that because every interaction uh, that a customer has with your organization, regardless of where they have that interaction, that is helping the customer to form their opinion of your brand, of your organization. And the last thing you want to do is to have certain weak links that are, are just breaking that, that brand, that reputation down. Okay, good. That, yeah. that makes perfect sense then. So great. Yeah, I, I think it's just the idea of I like knowing that the customer service experience I get through one medium is ex- very, very similar style, tone, responsiveness as another medium I may exactly. get. And not feeling like I'm talking to two different companies based on which technology I happen to be using. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And a lot of a lot of what we find with some of our uh, some of our customers who have multiple channels for delivering customer service is if I go to to one vehicle of delivering customer service. I go to email and I don't get the response I want. And I know historically based on my past experiences that there's 
uh, basically different answers you can get different places. I might just stop that interaction right there, go to a live chat, pick up the phone. I might mm. do different things until I get the answer I want. Right. And therefore, what you're doing is creating inefficiencies for yourself as a company because you have customers who are answer shopping. Mm-hmm. You're having yeah. to maintain all of those systems in the, at the same time right. uh, just to try to get one cohesive experience to a customer, which is not, not, not the way it ought to be. So. Exactly. Neat. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think you said you had four trends. So what's the uh, fourth one there? Yeah, the fourth and final, with all due respect to Willie Nelson, is on the road again. And, <laughs> on the road. And this talks about mobile customer service. And, and mobile. Basically, is that big these days? I don't, I don't ever read any or hear anything about mobile phones or what. Well, well, <laughs> well, well they call them smartphones nowadays. Ah, that's probably that's why you it. don't hear about mobile yes, phones. Yes, I get it. Yes, okay, yes. right. Yeah. yeah, it does tend to be a little bit of a, a topic uh, all over the news these days. Yeah. So what, what's the trend on that? Well, well there have been, I think, a little over 400 million smartphones sold in the last year. So when you mm. think about that, uh, these mobile phones uh, or these smartphones uh, in, in today's definition are very different from what we thought about with phones in, in yesterday's definition. You know, sure. Ten years ago when you thought about a phone – you're you're on the road. You're you're at a store. You're walking around uh, your home. You might pick up a phone and call somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were at your office and you had a customer service need, you'd hop on your computer. Well, with the smartphone, regardless of where you are, you're essentially on your phone at your computer at the same time. You might be mm-hmm. at social media at the same time. You might have an app available at the same time, and all of a sudden, organizations are realizing that the, the smartphone basically puts the these different methods of communication, of, of requesting or, or receiving service, all in one particular device mm-hmm. in the smartphone. So what right. organizations are starting to realize is that uh, it's easier at this point for the customer to decide on the fly, regardless of where they're at, uh, how to get customer service. Okay, I am uh, at a storefront, and, and I could go and talk to this person, or I, I can scan the barcode on this item and, and get some information, or I can uh, pick up my phone, and there's a click-to-call app. You know, I'm on the company's mm-hmm. website, and I press a button, and now I'm in a telephone conversation with somebody else. So organizations are starting to, to realize what customers are expecting, what they're doing, because of the by virtue of the fact that they have a smartphone that they could literally no matter where they are they could access email customer service they could access FAQs on a website they they could uh, click an app and all of a sudden initiate a telephone call with mm-hmm. a customer service rep so mm-hmm. they're realizing that and even through Facebook and taking pictures and immediately putting it on Facebook with a bad customer service experience, <laughs> companies are realizing that that mobile customer service is something that needs to be addressed because that smartphone is making it so easy for customers to get customer service in any way they'd like to. Well, it's easier for them to get customer service. And like you just alluded to, it's easier for them to react to customer service as well. Yes. Um, you know, there again, I mean, I know obviously Facebook, social media is something we've had on the desktop computer for quite some time. And it's on the mobile smartphone devices and knowing, I mean, I just see it in general. I think with the overall trend, if people have a thought an immediate thought, it's so much easier for them to say, well, I'll just wait where it used to be. I'll just wait till I get home and then I'm going to make this post. Exactly. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Right. When you're on a mobile device, you make it, you mm-hmm. make it right away without yeah. any hesitation. So the idea being that not only is it access to customer service, but it's response to customer service. Companies, you're right. Just have to really be on top of this. Now, what's the what, what's the thinking behind? Uh, this is something I've noticed myself in the way I use my smartphone. Uh, it really has become my true all-in-one communication portal. 
Okay, I think mm-hmm. that's like what you're saying. Yes. Where you have voice, data, email, chat, everything mixed into one device. Knowing that and knowing that it is available to you all the time. You know, the situation where you're going to a grocery store and it's freezing cold, raining and snowing outside. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, do I really want to get all the way down this road to see if this one thing I'm looking for they have and then to get there and find out they don't have it. Yep. So it's knowing that this is a whole different mindset for people. People are no longer just saying, well, I'm just going to go to the store because I'm going to see if they have it. It's a lot more of that desire to say, I want to check before I get there. Right. I want to have my questions answered before I walk in the door. Exactly. And making sure all that information is available in a mobile environment, I guess, is where it becomes really critical, too. Yeah, because from a, a lot of consumers' perspectives, time is so valuable yes. nowadays. I mean, we always hear about how things seem to be much more harried than they were 30, 40, 50 years ago. There's so much more going on than there were 30, 40, 50 years ago. There's so much information being conveyed than 30, 40, 50 years ago. Well, uh, we can debate why those reasons are, but but the matter, uh, the, the focus here as it relates to your question is, yes, people want to make sure that they are not wasting their time. Right. And if they can do certain things to avoid having to drive five miles across town and they can just do it via the internet, or they, if they're going to have to drive five miles across town, it's because they know a product is there and they can call ahead and and determine that the product's there and somebody can hold it for them. And they're not driving through the rain and the snow and the sleet and the gloom of night and all these terrible mm-hmm. things right. to get to Alan Jackson's grocery store <laughs> when the Captain Crunch is sold out. So oh, I'm, Captain Crunch is never sold out at the Alan ne- Jackson grocery uh, store. I'm just going to go ahead and say I, that I right like now. that grocery <laughs> store. Very good. Yeah. Well, you know, and it does remind me, I can, I can remember pre- pervasive internet days. I'm not going to say pre-internet because the you know, internet's been around for a long time yes. now, but before it became truly the resource it is now, there was those times where I'm looking for a particular gift for a family member. And I'm honestly having to go store to store to store to store. Yes. And the amount of hours that got put in that process that I don't spend it in anymore, are just incredible. However, I think, and this is, I think there again points back to all of your other trends as well. This whole integration becomes even more critical because Although I've gotten myself accustomed to not having to go store to store to store to find something, I can look online and see if they have it. How big of a frustration is it when you show up at that store and they actually don't have it? So in other words, their systems are not working together. Right. That's another pitfall where if you start to get people relying on that being available as an information source and then it's not true because of a system integration issue or something, your customers become even more irate than probably when they were back in the older days where they would just drive around looking for it. Right. Because they had no expectation that it was there. Yeah. They were hoping and crossing their fingers. Uh, that's just another one. I, I Even though with these trends, I, I definitely agree these are all moving in the right direction. Each of them has their own pitfalls that – we have to all be very careful about with this. Right. And that one word that you said, expectation, mm-hmm. uh, it permeates all these different points. Yeah. I mean, it, I have the expectation that if I look uh, on my smartphone and it says they, they have this item and I go to the store and they don't, I'm a lot more ticked off than yep. if I was just randomly driving store to store exactly. 10 years ago looking for the item and they didn't have it. If I expect a certain high level of customer service based on having called the call center for years and then I try to get customer service via social media or a, a live chat. At, and the the level of service is much less. I'm going to be ticked off because my expectation is not based on well, I, you know, your live chat. You know, I, I don't expect as much. That, that's not my no. expectation. My expectation is based on the experience I had in the past. So when you think about uh, how all of these different uh, expansions of how you can get your service delivered uh, are 
creating issues or complexity for the organizations, that gets back to quality. And if the quality is not the same across all these different vehicles, then customers are going to start getting upset because they expect a certain level based on what they've experienced in one method. And if they don't get that same high level in another, they're going to be upset. They're going to be ticked off. They're going to complain. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, 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 could, I could argue, too, I, I think probably a few years ago when some live chat and other types of online customer service started up, uh, my expectation was not that that is going to be as good an experience as me just talking to them on the phone or going to the store. Right. Because I thought, well, it's a new technology. I don't know how comfortable I am with online chat. Nowadays, you're right. My expectation is it should be just as good as any other form of customer service. Exactly. So that's interesting how that's we've all adapted that way as a society to thinking these new fangled technology formats ought to be working just as good as the old traditional ways yeah, at this and, point. And, and that's a good thing. Consumers should have high expectations. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times organizations will jump into social media or they'll jump into some new technology because it's a sexy new thing to do. But from the customer's perspective, they want solid quality answers. They want solid quality issue resolution. They want responsiveness and they don't care how and what method they're delivering it to you. That That's what they want. So if the consumers want this, they need to have the high expectations to hold these companies accountable. Yeah. yeah. Great. So the trends, I mean, you mentioned four trends and they all are specific and unique, but there's a, there is those common themes, I think across them about uh, helping manage expectations for customers and have utilizing the technology and make sure it integrates with all your yes. other forms. It's all kind of integrated in that same concept across those mm-hmm. four. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. Hi, this is Alan, and just interrupting you to let you know the code for this episode for our iPad 2 contest is SERVICE1972. Again, that is the word SERVICE, S-E-R-V-I-C-E, 1972. Thanks. So if I'm a, I'm a business owner, I'm looking into 2012, I'm very focused on customer service myself, I'm hearing these trends. I might be getting a little queasy. It's like, okay, all right, this is a little extra things I've now got to start thinking about sure. and paying attention to. What what do we recommend, really, especially for those small to mid-sized businesses where mm-hmm. this is this could be a struggle in some places? What are the things they really need to be focusing on going into this year to make sure they're uh, understanding and identify and, and, and uh, matching these these trends that we're talking about. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and when we think about those four different trends that we talked about, I mean, one might not apply to the social mid-sized business. That was that outsourcing sure. to some okay. call center. But, yes. but the other three apply pretty strongly. The first one, for example, integrating social media with the other methods of uh, delivering customer service. Basically, what we're talking about there is you need to have consistency. Uh, and, and most organizations, even small to uh, mid-sized businesses, 
They have a website. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a telephone. They, they have a storefront, something like that. And, and whether they realize it or not, whether they think about it this way or not, they are communicating with customers. They're sharing information. They are providing customer service through those different methods. So even the small to mid-sized business, what they need to do is they need to be very intentional uh, about very specific expectations that they have of staff through customer service standards. What is the minimum level of service in terms of responsiveness, quality communications we're going to have, regardless of whether it's an email coming in, regardless of whether it's social media, on-site telephone, what's our turnaround time going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is the quality and professionalism of the response going to be? Uh, what What is our follow-up or follow-through procedure going to look like for issue resolution? So they need to di- identify key standard processes, key standard uh, pieces of information through their, their typical FAQs, frequently asked questions and knowledge, uh, and they need to train staff regardless of whether these are the folks monitoring the social media streams, monitoring the website emails coming in, monitoring the telephone or on site, and make sure that they all, all, all those employees have the same expectations, the same procedures, that they're integrated, at least in that sense, that, that they are have the same expectations and the same standards. Now, what about if you're a small business where you have your guy who does the website? Okay, you know, a lot of us have businesses where that's, that's our website guy. Mm-hmm. He does our online stuff. Sure. And he just happens to also be the person that manages our Facebook page and manages our Twitter account. And that's our techie guy. Yes. That's our guy that, you know, we know what he does. We know if there's anything that has to do with computers and online, we go to him. But we have our two, three other client relations people or customer service reps or project managers or anything over here yes. handling things. What do you recommend to them? Because you've got two different people, two different groups handling stuff. What, 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 what do you tell them? Because that, I could see that flying in the face a little bit of this whole integration idea. Well, when, when we talked about the trend being integration, yes, you can think of that in terms of systems that are integrating and the knowledge a management system itself is accessible and is consistent across all the different areas. If you're talking about a small business in the example you're talking about, all of them should have the same documented expectation that if you receive an email, uh, you receive a social media communication, you receive a voicemail, you're going to respond back in X hours or X minutes. They should all have the same expectation that if there's a complaint, this is where it needs to go to, to get addressed or this is when it needs to get escalated. They need to have... Uh, the same expectations that if you get general requests for information that you're going to respond back and then here is your frequently asked questions or here is the knowledge base or here is that that system that you can use to, to uh, gather the information to provide it back to the customer. So okay. whereas they might not necessarily be integrated in, in a, at a very detailed technical level, they all have the same basic documentation. They have the same basic procedures in place. They have the same customer service standards and expectations set right, uh, of right. them. And then, obviously, you as a small business owner need to make sure that that's happening, you know, the sure. monitoring, the accountability. But setting the expectation in a very documented, repetitive, very simple uh, objective, you know, quantifiable method whenever possible. You can still do that with your client service reps, with the folks working in the store, uh, with your techie guy, the, the social media guy sitting yeah. out there as well. Because so. I can see a lot of small business owners saying, wait a minute, so I've got to go and invest in this new system that ties us all together and all. What we're saying is no. no. It can be as simple as just making sure everybody's working from the same playbook. Exactly. This. Having the same standards. It doesn't matter if your tech guy's over in one end of the office responding to Twitter uh, post or Facebook post, or somebody's over on the other end of the building responding to phone calls that come in. 
they can still do that independently as long as they're all working from those same set of standards. Exactly. We often okay. say before you ever convert to uh, some kind of new technology, new computer system, the best new computer system always starts with the best process. Okay. And if you have a very good manual process, then you know if you're to be a large company, you can, you can invest the money in the technology. But with a small company, still make sure you have a good process. Right. Still make sure you have the standard documentation, the processes, the the data that they need, and the expectations documented. Even if you don't have some fancy computer system to integrate all these different areas together. Okay. Right. Yeah. Are there some other things that companies need to be thinking about or planning to address to help uh, match these trends? Sure. Yeah. When we talk about these different areas, your example of the client service rep and the techie guy, and maybe the storefront person all uh, interacting with different customers and having some consistency there. I mentioned FAQs, and that's the most simplistic way of looking at knowledge management. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing that we recommend all of our clients is when you get a complaint or you get a question, at least document what that complaint or question is. And even if you're a small business, at least once a month, look at what kind of questions are we getting, what kind of complaints are we getting, and try to uh, identify what are those key questions that we're getting with some frequency, those key issues that are being identified, and come up with standard responses for the organization. You don't want it to be the point uh, at the point where if somebody calls Fred in my company, and Fred's been with the company 18 years, and Fred knows everything, and if he gets this question, he gives answer A. And if they call Mary, and she's been with the company 12 years, and, and if she gets this question, she gives answer B. And then you have a Fred, you know, uh, Johnny, the the tech guy, you know, and, and he's just working with social media and he's our Facebook guru. And if he gets this question, he gives answer C. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make the organization look well run, right. well organized. So make sure that at a minimum from a knowledge management standpoint, that's just a fancy way of saying, let's figure out what are the questions we're getting, the issues we're dealing with, and let's come up with a company way, an organized, standard, high quality way of answering that and get everybody to adopt whatever those key um, knowledge pieces are or issue resolution processes are. So it's almost like the core message that people need to be carrying forward is that we need to make sure all of our knowledge is organized, shared, and equal across all the different avenues and people that could be working with customer service. Correct. And then tying it back to your first point is making sure that it all – works together, there's a consistent experience that people, no matter what vehicle they choose to interact with on customer service, are getting a consistent experience. Sure. So it's consistent experience, and it's having that unified knowledge base, or at least ways that making sure no matter which way you go, you're going to get the same information, same response, same same next steps to take. Right, because the mistake that a lot of organizations make is they say, well, when we get our mobile customer, or we get our social media customer, or we get our customer that walks into our store. We get our call calling customer and we're, we're going to handle them this way. Well, the mistake there is that they're kind of looking at those customers independently when right. that could all be the same person. Exactly. They're just uh, interacting with you from different perspectives, using different service vehicles. So you got to look at them as a customer yep. and how do I serve them best? I mean, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I think I, I was, I, I could totally see that because even though some people on a demographic list or may look at me as a social media customer because that's where a lot of my experiences are and you know i walk into a store just as many times i have to call a phone number just as many times Mm -hmm. Uh, i would not call myself a telephone customer service customer but yet i do use it so you're right i I, i've never thought of it but you're right when we start labeling them as different customers that's a really bad bad practice to get into right And, and and we're talking about um 
you know, smartphones and, and that mm-hmm. kind of access as well. And that kind of gets us to the last trend. I mean, it, w- when you're a small business, you don't have to create your own iTunes app or Android app right. or, you know, a- a- anything along those lines per se. But there's some good core principles to use if you want to ride this, this mobile wave that's coming in down the road. And ju- just think in terms of your website. Mm-hmm. I mean, how is your website set up to be viewed on a mobile device on that, that smartphone? Is it heavy text? Where, yeah. where it's just not going to work? Is it easily, uh, can it be easily navigated from page to page? Are there enough graphics on there to catch people's attention? Uh, when you look at it, is it obvious where the customer service phone number is or mm-hmm. how to quickly tap in an email on your website? You, you can even go to the point to say, well, if I truly wanted to have a self-service function on my website for my small business, you know, I, I can't hire somebody and pay them $50,000 to create this great web app and to totally redesign my website, but I can make sure the customer service contact information is prevalent. I can make sure there's an obvious FAQs or issue resolution or customer service page that's very easy to navigate with frequently asked questions. I, I can at least pick up a smartphone, and I can go to my website, and I can say from the customer's perspective, is this simple, easy yeah. to navigate? Can I find the customer service information, the answers I want quickly, and modify the site so it'll it'll provide that kind of positive experience for your customers? Well, and I can speak to this from a techni- technical standpoint because uh, this is something we, we have to contend with with clients a lot too. You know, the idea of a website being all so graphic-heavy and photo-heavy and just this elaborate layout and complexity, it had its place – when everybody was viewing web pages on a nice big monitor at mm-hmm. their desk and they had plenty of download speed and they could download all the images and it looks great. Flash movies, all this other stuff. You know, we are moving to a world now where people want websites to load quickly on their mobile phone. And if you've got to zoom in 50 times to actually read any of the text on a web page, that's not going to work for right. a lot of people. Um, that's actually, you're alluding to my customer service example, which we'll get to in a little okay, bit, because it has exactly to do with this. So we'll, I'll, I'll wait on any other comments until we give that example later. Mm-hmm. So great. Anything else customers or clients or co- companies need to be thinking about going into this year? Well, the main thing is for small and medium business, just when, when you think about the next year, don't think about doing things the way you've always done them mm-hmm. because the technology is different this year than it was five years ago. Your customers are different. The speed right. of response they expect is different. You know How they're trying to communicate with you is different. So if you haven't come up with a customer service strategy for the year, you haven't rethought how you deliver service, you haven't rethought how your customers are contacting you or what they're asking about versus uh, two, three, four years ago, you need to actually sit down in the first month of this year, create a customer service plan for the year. Or if you want to go further, you can go two or three years down the road and more of a strategic plan. But create a plan for this year based on what technology is like and how it's changing, based on these trends that we're talking about with social media, with the mobile technology, with knowledge management, with trying to make sure everybody in the organization is on the same page in terms of what kind of questions we'll get, we're going to get, what kind of answers we're going to give, and just literally be intentional and strategic about planning after the year, just like you do with your marketing strategy, just like you do with a sales strategy, have a customer service strategy. Great. Oh, very nice. I, I think... It's exciting when you start thinking about it because these kind of trends that we're moving to, as a consumer myself, I get excited about this because I like knowing 
the knowledge is going to be more available and I can get to it through different methods and technologies. But it is imperative at this point that companies need to make sure they've got that support in place and that system in place or those communications in place because, there again, my expectations are now getting raised. Right. <laughs> so exactly. Us talking even right now, yes. my expectations for customer service this year are getting slightly raised. So in order to meet those expectations and not let our customers down we got to make sure we stand behind these new ideas and things that we need to be doing. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a great point. And we want expectations to be raised from the consumers, but but just on at that same vein, we, we want to make sure that the businesses are meeting those expectations. That's right. Great. Ed, thanks so much. That's, that's some great, great information. Sure. Uh, we like every time we get together to share a customer service story. Do you have one in mind? Yes, I do. I do too. Now, mine's a negative one. What's yours? Uh, mine has some positives and negatives, so I'll uh, Ooh, you know, kind of mix uh, together yeah, there. So yeah, good. Yeah, I'll get, get both. Well, I'll tell you what, let me, let me go first only okay. because uh, this ties right into what we were just talking about on the mobile side. Great. This is my customer service experience for the month. And this is one that was frustrating, but hopefully it is a good example of what we were just talking about on the mobile side. Um, and I'm not going to mention the name of the company, obviously, but yeah, a financial institution that I work with um, that I find myself going to their website quite often to do financial based transactions. I love online banking, online financial management. It's very convenient. It's great. Well, I've always done that on my, my computer, my laptop, you know, internet, internet connection, web browser. Well, obviously, we're getting to a point now where I want to be able to do more and more on my mobile phone. Well, this company announced the fact that they've got a brand new mobile version of their website, which is great because their website is extremely hard to get on my mobile phone as it is now. Oh, okay. Their traditional site is very graphics heavy. Very odd layout that, you know, trying to use it on a mobile device is just very frustrating. And then you guys zoom into those tiny little text boxes and uh, buttons to, to try to navigate stuff through. It's extremely complicated. So I got very excited that, okay, now there's a mobile version of their website. I can go to their site on my mobile device, and it's going to be much easier, much quicker to download. Well, what it turned out to be is the mobile version is basically like a very simple brochure about the company. Uh, in other words, yes, here's a few pieces of information about where our stores are, our branches or stores are. Here's some general information about the services we offer. But if I actually want to do some true online financial management banking, sure. there's no option to do that. Instead, at the very bottom of that little mobile site, there's this little tiny link that says, if you need the full version of our website, click this link, and it takes me back to the full version of their website. So I've really gained nothing mm -hmm. out of this. It's almost a matter of they felt like they needed a mobile version of their site so bad that they just quickly put something together that really took out all the functionality of what people go to their website for. I would say that, yes, I'm sure some people will go to their website to find out where branch locations are and where this is and that is. But I would hazard to say most of their customers are going to go to their website to do some online transactions, online management, check their, their, their account, check these things. And you can't. You had to go back to that normal full website to have that happen. And to me, that's just kind of defeating the purpose. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit my expectations got raised. They didn't meet those expectations, and I find myself back in the exact same boat I was months ago. Yeah, so, so that anyway. sounds frustrating, especially because they did raise the expectations, yes. got you excited, and yes. boom, you know, it's just a marketing. You pressure. send out an email blast and put it out of a big promotion. Hey, we have a brand new mobile version of our website. You get excited. You think, great, I'll be able to do all the things I normally did on the site. But from my mobile phone, it's going to be quick. It's going to be easy. And no, it's nothing to that effect. I will not use it 
on my mobile phone because it is so frustrating to use. I have to wait till I get back to my home to do it. And that really just flies in the face of everything we're talking about with the trends that people are, are moving towards right now. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's my negative and frustrating situation yeah, that okay. I unfortunately still have to contend with right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd love to love to hear your, your story. What, what did you experience recently? Okay. Well, I, I went to the Allen Ga- uh, Jackson grocery store recently and, uh, I'm sure you had an awesome experience. It, it was fantastic. Good. So Great. Uh, I'm no. so glad to hear, I will have to give a pay raise <laughs> to everybody working there. So. Plenty of captain crunch. That was yes. good. Yes. Uh, good. Now, actually this is something that had happened a while back, um, a couple years ago, but my wife had a, a company car with, with the organization she used to be with and it, it was about to be turned in, mm-hmm. uh, and we decided to buy the company car. And mm-hmm. we, she had had no troubles in the first, I guess, two and a half, three years that she had used it. And we were going to drive to Atlanta to visit my brother. And literally halfway on our trip to Atlanta, the, the car started bucking like yeah. a Bronco, right. like a bull. And, and you're wow. just driving down the road, and my temperature started to rise and sweating. And you know, I got a breakdown. And my wife and I made the decision: we're just going to keep going. I mean, it seems like it's still moving at a good clip. It's just bucking like a Bronco. So yeah. for the next two hours, we were riding the Bronco. That was a fun drive, I bet. Uh, it, yeah, it was It was plenty of stress. So mm-hmm. we had some libations as we got there and <laughs> sure. uh, turned out fine. Next morning, we go to the, the local car dealership and we brought in our car and, and they said, oh, yes, sir, we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at it. We'll get back to you in about 30 minutes. You can go and, and wait in the waiting room and we'll, we'll let you know what the diagnosis is. So after about 45 minutes of not hearing anything, uh, I went up to the lady. She smiled. She was very pleasant. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. We haven't gotten in touch with you yet. Let me let me check on the status of that. She came back very pleasant, you know, good eye contact, smiling, you know, sorry about that. Uh, in about 15 minutes, I'll have a diagnosis, uh, and, and then we'll let you know if we can fix it or what the mm-hmm. situation might be. I said, that's fine. I sat back down again. After waiting about 30 or 40 minutes instead of 15 minutes, I went back up to her. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Uh, I, I guess we just hadn't followed up with you let me go check on the status sorry mm-hmm. you had to wait so long very pleasant that sort of thing she went back checked with the service guys they uh they told her what the situation was she comes back to me and oh yeah but we actually uh, figured this out a while ago i'm, I'm just sorry we for, we forgot to come out and tell you about it but we can fix it we know what the problem is but we have to order a part and it'll be in first thing in the morning mm-hmm. and so i said okay I set up an appointment and Brought it in the next morning. They fixed it fine, and, and I was out of there. But it was one of those situations where her attitude was pleasant. Mm. She was apologetic, empathetic, smiling sure. appropriately. The quality was there as well. But it, she ended up telling me, or the initial service manager told me it would be 30 minutes, and it was 45 minutes. She told me it would be another 15 minutes or so, and it was 30 to 40 minutes. And then they should have told me, and they could have told me earlier, but they just forgot to tell mm, me. So it was right. one of those situations, getting back to the word you used early on, they set an expectation. Yes. The reality was different. And that gap was a problem. That gap was a complaint. And if they'd have told me up front, it'll be about two hours till we can really figure it out. Mm. I could have thought, well, that's fine. I'll just mentally prepare myself for two hours here. I'll exactly. have my brother come pick me up and, and take me back in two hours. But it's because they set an aggressive expectation and they didn't meet the expectation. Yes. And then they didn't follow through once they had the answer. That's what really ticked me off. About the experience. So the attitude seemed good. The product resolution seemed good. But that expectation management was horrible. And it was a bad experience. Well, and that's just a shame, too, because it sounds like the actual process of fixing the car was was handled in a very timely manner. Sure. And it was diagnosed properly. And they were on it. They fixed it. It was just that communication back to you just didn't tie that together. And that's 
it's one thing if your systems are breaking down behind the scenes and that's the reason you're not communicating with the client. That's still bad, but at least there's some driving reason for it. For everything to be working good behind the scenes, but it just that word didn't get back to you in a timely manner, that's that's really frustrating. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And that, that's one of those situations where you, you can have great attitudes, you can uh, maybe even have good processes, you can have a good product, but but you have to set a reasonable expectation with the customer because a lot – studies have shown 40% of customer dissatisfaction is because a customer expected A and they got B. Yep. And I expected A. And I and got, got B. B. Wow. Yeah. Well, even though both of our stories were a little more on the negative side, mm-hmm. I, I do remember we, in December, I think we had two positive stories. There if you I go. Okay. So we, so, so we balance each other yes, out. Yeah, so we're, we're doing good. fine. Good. Yeah. I will tell you, uh, with the whole car that was bucking all the way halfway through Atlanta, I had an 84 Celica as my first car that did that as a real fun. That, that was on what an, it did. Ongoing basis? Yes, so, every day. Oh, so <laughs> when you were describing that, I was starting to have some high school flashbacks, uh, and uh, that was uh, kind of fun for a while. So uh, oh, well, I do that remember. Fun. Well, that's good. It that was, was fun. fun. It yeah. was entertaining for the kid, the, the other kids who rode with me, yes. uh, just to know you know this is going to happen once we cross thirty five miles per hour. Oh, okay. So uh, it was kind of a fun experience. So it wasn't so. like you took the shock absorbers out, just no, kind of give you no, that bouncy this, feel. It was just no, a, this just did it on its own, okay. and it was fun after a while. We kind of looked forward to it. We got used to it. Yeah. So actually, when a car drives really smooth. Now it still throws me off. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so you just keep pumping the brakes that's as you right. go down just the road. a little bit to give back that sensation. Yeah, yeah that's so great. There you go. Yeah. Well, good. All right. So the top trends for 2012 on customer service, we talked through those. We talked through also what companies can be doing now to get prepared for those trends sure. and to make sure they don't pass them by and, and leave you in the dust on these things. And then we also shared our customer service experiences, at least if not for the month, over a certain amount of time to share with you. Ed, thanks so much as always for coming in and joining us on this. This has been great. A lot of good and helpful information. Where can people find you and learn more about uh, you and your company and what you guys do? Uh, well, our website is cssamerica.com mm-hmm. so they can go to cssamerica.com learn about our services, about our clients, uh, we have the podcast, obviously, they can access mm-hmm. email, web, uh, or telephone numbers all on the website. Uh, right. Feel free to contact us anytime. Good. And I know you've got a lot of organizations you're working with right now just trying to help improve overall that customer service process, culture, experience, and really helping diagnose that. So yes. uh, it's, a, it's a great – I would imagine right now it's a, it's a very – interesting field to be a part of and helping navigate some of these changes that a lot of companies are having to experience. Yeah, it definitely is. I know in the past when we've worked with organizations, they they wanted training or they wanted mystery shopping. They were very product-oriented. But the way the economy's gone lately, they're, they're much more interested – uh, along with those products with strategy, you know, how do we retain more of our customers? We can't just assume if we lose them that there's this big backlog waiting to jump on board with us. Or mm-hmm. how do we change our culture? I mean, we've always operated in a certain way, but the environment's different. The competitors are different. The technology's different. How, how do we get everybody on the same page going in the same direction? So uh, we're doing uh, a lot more work on the strategy end, although we still do tons of training, tons of mystery shopping, and, and okay. survey work as well. Good, good. And I'm Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group, handling employee and customer satisfaction surveys. So we do a lot of work together on that arena and a good partnership there. Uh, We enjoyed bringing uh, Stepping Up Service this month's episode to you. Uh, You can always check out other shows we have on The Mesh at themesh.tv. We have uh, about 17 or 18 different shows right now, which is kind of crazy the more we think about it. Been around since uh, mid-2011, uh, mid so really about seven months now. Uh, a lot of shows going on, a lot of uh, a lot of fun, exciting topics. So go check it out. Some of the other business podcasts, some other entertainment ones as well. And uh, we're looking forward to a good 2012 here at The Mesh as well. So with that, we'll uh, sign off for this month. Thanks a lot, Ed. And we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Take care. 
You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.